Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. Hello, hello, hello. This is Sandy Weiner, and I am the founder of Last First Date. I am the dating and relationship coach for women over 40 who really want to attract that epic love that you can get when you're in midlife because we are at the prime of our lives. We have a fantastic show coming up for you today. I'm going to be speaking with Tina Tassina. She's a psychotherapist and the author of 13 books, including her most recent book about the 13th step. We're going to be discussing how to build confidence, self-reliance, and independence beyond the 12-step program. As a dating coach, it is my mission to help women over 40 be able to recognize what makes a man a good man and learn the skills that it takes to make love last. And a lot of people don't realize that it actually takes skill. These are not skills that we are born with, that we are that we learn usually at home. Um, and when I got divorced after 23 years of marriage, I realized that I still needed a lot of work to do and took responsibility for my share in what went wrong in my marriage and really discovered there were so many things that I had done throughout my life that sabotaged my relationships. And it was one of the reasons I chose my husband in the first place. So not looking back with regret, but really learning from our past experiences is such an important Thing. And um, most people are making mistakes that are sabotaging their relationships. Um, and I, what I've done is I've taken the top three dating mistakes and I've compiled them into a free guide and would love you to have a copy. All you have to do is go on my website, lastfirstdate.com, and... Just sign up for the free guide, and you're going to get a whole bunch of other tips of of little simple things you can do to really transform your love life because I want you to go on your last first date. Today's show is sponsored by Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. You can listen to audiobooks wherever and whenever you like. Get a free book when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash last first date. And now I'm going to introduce you to Tina Tassina. She is a licensed psychotherapist in Southern California with 30 years experience in counseling individuals and couples. She's known on the web as Dr. Romance. She's also the author of 13 books in 16 languages, including Money, Sex, and Kids, Stop Fighting About the Three Things That Can Ruin Your Marriage, Dr. Romance's Guide to Dating in the Digital Age, and The Real 13th Step, Discovering Confidence, Self-Reliance, and Independence Beyond the 12-Step Programs. So welcome to the show, Tina. Thank you, Sandy. I'm really delighted to be here. Thank you. So I loved the title of your book, and it really intrigued me because I... I have never been through the 12-step program, but I have actually uh, led a session at a divorce support group for um, people in, going through divorce and separation, and it's based on the 12-step program, which I thought was one of the best programs I've ever been to because the focus is all on 
on positive, uh, positivity and on what you can do instead of what you can't do, getting out of the victim mentality, um, which is so much better than most support groups, which end up being a bitch fest usually. Yeah, um, really. So um, it's one yeah, reason Yeah, the 12-step programs are, yeah. the 12-step process, those 12 steps are brilliant. They yeah. really... They really tapped into something when they put those 12 steps. Dr. Bob and Bill W. put those 12 steps together to help alcoholics really um, take a look at themselves and, and reevaluate what they were doing. And it works in a lot of, works for codependents. It works in a lot of different areas. It, it's wonderful you were doing a divorce group based on it. That's really interesting. Yeah, I didn't lead it. I just came and did a session for them, but mm-hmm. I, I was so impressed with it. So I, I do think that the 12-step program has so much um, validity and so much um, that to offer people. So why did you write this book and, and come up with that 13th step? Well, over the years of my practice, I had so many people who were recovering alcoholics or recovering gambling addicts or whatever, you know, in the 12-step programs. They were in solidly in recovery, but they were missing big chunks of information because, for instance, one man I had was started drinking at 14. So emotionally, when he stopped drinking 20 years later, he was still 14 emotionally. He had no clue how to date and how to deal with the opposite sex and, you know, all of those things. So, um, And I realized there were a lot of people missing those same um, components of how to deal with relationships. And as you said in your introduction, a lot of people don't realize there's a, a technology of making relationships work. There's information you need to know. There are skills you need to learn. And yeah. um, so so it, this after a while, client after client, it it began to compile into a batch of things that people needed to know and that's when i and and i couldn't find another book on the shelves that taught these things so that's when i wrote the book mm. um well that's great and and it's really an interesting perspective that um people get stuck emotionally um when they've been addicts um or addicted to or codependent for such a long time um, right, their and, whole and the attention. Thing, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Now finish what you were saying. Their whole attention is absorbed by the compulsion addiction. That's the nature of that, and so they don't have attention for learning anything else. They don't gain the life experience of the years they live through while they're in the throes of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's very interesting. And um, so the thirteenth step. And that's that's what was really intriguing to me because I have seen many people who have gone through the 12-step programs and they still go to meetings um, several times a week, many of them. And mm-hmm. I always wondered about whether that was part of an addiction, a different kind of addiction. So can you tell us a little bit about uh, the 13th step, what it is and why you came up with that? Yeah, the thirteenth step is is kind of like a graduation from the twelve steps. There's a phrase in the twelve step programs, thirteenth stepping, which is what they say when a 
established member of 12-step programs preys on new members and, and, you know, has relationships with new members who really mm-hmm. aren't in any condition to have relationships yet. They call it 13th stepping. So mm-hmm. I that's why I call it the real 13th step. It's the next step. It's the, the next things you need. And it's not about rejecting the program. It's about adding to the program. It's about deciding that um, there are things in life that you want to get for yourself and um and that you can do that now that you now you're stabilized enough to go ahead and and move beyond what you were doing to get yourself stabilized. Mhm. So when you, can you say a little bit more about what you mean about stabilized? Yeah, when when you're solid what we call second stage recovery, when you're solidly in recovery and you understand that drinking or gambling or whatever the addiction was isn't good for you and you're not going to do it anymore. And you know what to do when you get tempted. You have a sponsor, you have groups to go to and whatnot. And you can take a little of your focus off that, you know, your whole life doesn't have to be about not doing something. Your life can be about let's move through. Also, there's a lot of almost universally there's a lot of internal pain in people who have compulsions and addictions that's what the compulsions and addictions are there for to escape the pain and in the book i show you how to go into that and heal that pain and and work through it so it's not driving you to do things that you don't want to do anymore mm. Yeah, that's that's pretty important. So that's the self-reliance part where you go within to heal yourself more. Right, right. And and so, learn to be autonomous. Yeah. Learn to live your life on your own without having to have so much support. And mm-hmm. of course, for codependents, um, the codependents are the people who get involved. They they get addicted to the addict. <laughs> codependents do. Mm-hmm. The relationship becomes more important to a codependent than they are to themselves. And right. you know, they get they get connected to self-destructive people and then go down with them. They're trying to mm-hmm. help the self-destructive person. The impulse is to heal. Codependents are wonderfully loving people to everybody but themselves. Yeah. So, um so they have to go through their um, history and their emotional um, issues in order to get disconnected from this, you know, my life is all about this other person and make their lives be balanced about them and other people. Mm-hmm. So how would you do that? Because I get a lot of clients who have, who are code, who were codependent, who uh-huh. are healing from codependency, and That's right. it's very difficult to change your patterns in dating unless you really do that internal work and That's right. learn to love yourself and take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. So so what are some of the steps towards towards that healing? Well, I have six magic tools in the book, which I have to say I think are brilliant, <laughs> even <laughs> though it's my own book. <laughs> so okay, tooting my own horn there, but I've never heard anybody else put it together like this and um the six magic steps are the ones that can affect the subconscious the problem that um 
I mean, six magic tools is what I should say. Mm-hmm. The problem with addiction and compulsion, codependency, is your your emotional side, your subconscious side, gets in charge of your life, mm-hmm. and you're you're reacting and and um, responding to other people instead of being self-sufficient you know instead of instead of thinking about is this what i really want to do you're you're mm-hmm. acting in reaction and it's because of that pain inside and that's in the subconscious and the subconscious speaks in a different language than um the conscious mind does so the tool six tools are and these are the only six things that will affect your subconscious once once you're an adult. The subconscious is formed in childhood, and once you're an adult, um, the only way to reach it is through these six tools. That a lot of people mm-hmm. use one tool or the other and say this is the way to go, but there are six things actually all together that um, work. The first one is the senses, the power of experience, and that's to go back into experiences, um, you know, a childhood molestation. Uh, violent family life, uh, you know, loss, terrible loss as a child, you know, losing your parent or something like that, Um, to go back in there and actually experience it again and heal it through your senses. So I teach you how to do that in here. The tool number two is imagery, the power to change events, that you can go back in and you can reimagine these events that happened and and come in to your childhood experience as an adult and and sort it out, you know, and tell people off and get that child out of that bad situation and keep him or her safe. And um that's very powerful. Self love so like the power like like being your own parent, your own compassionate right. parent. Right. Being okay. your own hero, really. Is what it is, and it'll it'll come along here in the in the <laughs> tools. The third uh, magical tool is self love, the power to heal your hurts, and that's for codependents. You know, that's turning all that wonderful love that they have to give in on themselves, where it's so needed. Um, mm-hmm. it, there was a, there's a wonderful book. I'm going to have to come up with the title later by somebody else. Um, but in it he says, you know, you look at all that broken stuff inside. What did you think it was that needed to be loved? That's the part of you that needs the love, not the not the together, happy, you know, sorted out part. But that broken part inside is what needs the love. And this is how to turn the self-love inside and heal mm-hmm. yourself. And then self-image is the power to be your own hero. So that's. That's where you you um, acknowledge everything you've learned in the course of your whole life, all the wonderful abilities you have that just you learned from just surviving, you know, uh-huh. um, and to understand that that makes you heroic to your child self. That's you're the person uh-huh. that that child needed to show up in his or her life and fix things. And you can now do that because you've lived 
however many years and you've survived and you have all those survival skills. So that's Uh how to do that. And then this fifth magical tool is environment, the power to create support. This is one of the things that the 12 steps do is they create an environment for you where you can just walk into a meeting and there are all these people focused on what you want to focus on, which is recovery. Uh And that environment of listening to people talk about their recovery and watching other people go through their ups and downs and everything, um, that gives you attitudes and skills that you sort of absorb by osmosis by being in that environment. So one of the magical Uh tools is environment, the power to create support. And then um, tool number six is repetition and memorization, the power to affect your beliefs. Um, If you've heard of um, affirmations, Uh and there are a lot of people who say, you know, affirmations can heal anything. They're one of the six tools that really work. You you learn the negativity that you've got about yourself from having it repeated to you various ways. Um, uh-huh. And if you repeat new stuff, healthy stuff, um, positive stuff, what it does is it gets it the repetition and the memorization of it gets it down into the subconscious where it kind of can push out all the negative stuff will rise to the top and come off. And there's a there's a process for doing that in the book. So those are the six mm-hmm. tools, and then I teach you how to use each tool. And, um, you know, healthy people often have these tools, but they don't know they have them. They've just kind of absorbed them from being in a healthy environment. And people with difficulties need to learn the tools, and anybody can benefit from identifying them and understanding them because it makes them more useful if you're if you're more aware. Um, I love these. These are great. I really look forward to finishing your book and, and reading these in depth because I think these are so useful. And and I and I they also really love that you bring are. up the yeah, no, they're they're brilliant, and and the fact that you can say they're brilliant means that you have self love, which is really good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, you know, um, I when I started out being a therapist, almost just getting close to forty years now, I was licensed in 1978. Um, there were other therapists that start out the same time as I did. And they've all burned out. I'm the only one that hasn't burned out. And the reason I haven't burned out is I'm really successful with my clients. I mean, my client, I I have a lot of um, positive experience in the counseling office. And I don't, I don't get weighed down by client difficulties because I help them heal them. And and these steps are how I do it. Um, and so, you know, I teach them whenever I can to other therapists because they're so valuable. But um, yeah. what all, all I did was compile what worked in other modalities all in one um, set of steps. So I know how powerful this is, and it isn't... Um, it isn't all me. I didn't start it all from the beginning, but I started using these things with my clients, and I realized they were a toolkit, and that's when I put it together. 
Yeah, well, you know, so there's a couple things that I'm thinking of. One is that most people don't have that ability to take all the knowledge that that comes in and put it out in, in ways that people can really digest. So that's a skill that you have, which is um, was a really special skill. Um, you know, Thank the bit, you. The, that's the, a that's, gift. I think that's a gift. Yes, it is a gift. And um, so that's the first thing I was thinking of. And the second is that not only are you helping your patients, your clients, um, with with the way that you're you know working with them, but also you're constantly learning and growing yourself. It feels like you know if you're writing all Absolutely. these books and you're taking your knowledge and you're spreading it. There's there's that flow of energy that is exciting. Like I can feel it. Um, well, and thank that, you. Yeah. Well, I think that's, you know if if you're making a difference in other people's lives, that you're also keeping it fresh. That's the key. And you seem uh, to be that doing is both. the key, and and the key is for me to understand that you know I learn from every client I work with. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. just you know it's a it's a it's a back and forth process. It's a mutual process. So mm-hmm. you're right. It's the learning that keeps everything alive and keeps the energy going in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. I have a question about self-reliance because this has come up on many calls, um, many different shows. Um, self-reliance, I think, is is very often misunderstood in terms of relationships. And yes. I think that people can take it to the extent where I'm so independent, I don't need anybody. And, and I hear this all the time from women that I have a mm-hmm. great life and I don't need anybody, and they give that message off to men. So can you talk about healthy self-reliance and why it's important and where it becomes like a little bit not so healthy? Yeah, I encounter this with my clients too, Sandy, and I understand exactly (laughs) what you're saying. You're exactly right about this. It gets too Mm -hmm. black and white. It gets to either I'm totally dependent or I'm completely independent and neither one is really healthy what's healthy is a balance Mm -hmm. um the point is that you're going to be um we all know that being too dependent isn't good for relationships you don't do well in a relationship when you're too dependent and your partner feels way too much pressure if you're too dependent Mm -hmm. on your partner but independence, autonomy, being self-governing does not mean shutting everybody else out and it doesn't mean you're alone on an island. You're not alone on an island. What autonomy means, self-reliance, is that um, you are in charge of yourself and what you're doing, you're doing because you know you want to do it. You can do it with somebody else, and what you're doing can be very loving towards somebody else, but it's not, um, I have to do this to make him happy because my whole goal is to make him happy. Um, It's, I want a loving relationship because it feels good. It's good for me. It's good for the other person. The only kind of love that's good is the kind of love that's good for both of us. Mm-hmm. And um, that I'm going to manage myself, my feelings, and my 
decisions and my awareness um, in such a way that it's good for both me, me first, because if I'm not um, clear what's good for me first, then I can't do anything that's good for anybody else either. So I Uh use me as the primary relationship in my life so that I can generate love in here that I can give out to other people and get back from other people. It's, uh-huh. it's again, a circulating process. And if you're, if you're dependent, the process doesn't circulate. You try to absorb everything from everybody else and, and little is coming out. If you're too independent and cut off from people, you're not letting anything in or out. You can only uh-huh. love yourself. To the, you can only love other people to the extent that you care about yourself because that is your template for what love mm-hmm. is. And yeah. the closer you get to another person, the more they become family, the more they become part of you. And when they become part of you, you start more and more. You can when you when you're new with somebody, you can. Um, love them in or you can relate in a kind of a idealistic way but when you get really close to somebody how you really care what love really is to you is what comes out toward them and mm-hmm. if you haven't cleaned that up inside you it's going to get toxic with them i hope that mm. made sense yeah, no, that was great. It was a great explanation. Um, yeah, because it is it is so misunderstood, and that was really clear. And I, I've been around so much toxic in my life, and, it's, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's been such a great teacher for me because you can feel it. You feel it when somebody is not taking care of themselves, of their emotions, that they expect others to read their mind, to... Mm-hmm. you know, make mm-hmm. it better for them. And mm-hmm. I I used to get sucked into that, and I don't do that anymore because it's so unhealthy. <laughs> but it's so but people do it all the time. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, That's right. Yeah. And if you don't, if you haven't r- figured that out in yourself, if you haven't understood what it takes for you to love you, mm-hmm. then you can't communicate to somebody else what you need. For love, and and you won't understand what it takes for you to love somebody else either. Not really. Yeah. You you'll have a, and I see this all the time. People pick up their vision of what love is from books and novels and movies and what they see on TV and all that stuff, and it's not really theirs. It's it's like a right. borrowed version, and um. Because it isn't authentic and it doesn't feel authentic. They can sustain it for a while with somebody, but then it falls apart because it doesn't have a, a grounding. It doesn't have an authenticity in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and people stop trusting their own um, their own inner knowing. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, they're looking outside for answers. I see this all the time with my clients. It's just... You know, they forget mm-hmm. how to respond um, in a in a way that would honor themselves. And so, That's when it right. comes to 
you know, how you communicate, like you just said, it's really important um, that we, we do this throughout our lives. This is not a, just about romantic relationships. This is about our mm-hmm. friendships, our coworkers. Um, I mean, I just basically Parents broke up with the... Yeah, no, it's uh, mm-hmm. my, you know, how your children respect you. I always look at how people have the rest of their relationships before we start talking about, you know, how do you get more love into your life romantically because it's mm-hmm. all connected. Um, That's right. Yeah. And once so that we, we love are, starts circulating, once you get it circulating mm-hmm. on the inside and you start circulating on the outside, there's no stopping it. I mean, yeah. it's just, it's it's such a wonderful thing. It's just like manna from heaven. It just circulates all over the place. But it has to start, or you have to be open to it on the inside first mm. for, well, before it works on the outside. Yes, I totally agree, and there's a great way to bring our show to a close today because it's a it's a great thing to take home, and that it's you know everybody's really capable of doing this work, um, and go out and buy the book. So so if you can quickly tell people Tina how to find you. Yes, my website is tinatasina dot com. That's t i n a t e s s i n a dot com. Everything is there. The books are there. The free articles are there. Everything's there. Perfect. Well, this was so informative and wonderful. Tina, thank you so much for sharing all your wisdom on our show today. Thank you, Sandy. You're wonderful to talk to. I could do this all day. Uh, Me too. Maybe I'll have you back. Okay. All right. Have have a great day. (laughs) I I know. We could talk. Um, And. Thank you, everybody, for listening in today, and I hope that you all go on your last first date very soon. Have a fantastic day. Bye-bye.